Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will also be spoilers for various anime throughout the course of this episode. Please use caution in case we discuss a series that you haven't finished. Finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show. everybody and welcome to Dub Tuck Supernatural Space Program, comrade. I am your commander, Comrade Megan, and with me tonight I have Comrade Jackson the Vampire. Kill of the Potting. Comrade Amon the Skeleton Man. I, I am from Yugoslavia, I do not recognize your Soviet ways. Boo! Boo! And Comrade Patrick the Werewolf. I shall go to the one place uncorrupted by capitalism Spice. if you had under two minutes for command and conquer joke congratulations collect your rubles in the comments and now I'm going to throw away that accent so that I can say hello because I'm not doing that the entire episode for you would all want to gouge out your ears oh, hell no. I would absolutely do command and conquer jokes all episode this gun- yeah you can you are free to do you are dub talk Episode drinking game. Drink every time there's a Command and Conquer joke. This gun is heavy. Uh, but hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Dub Talk, the show where we talk about the latest and greatest in anime dubs or whatever we fucking feel like on the night. Um, this might be one of the latters. Uh, tonight we are here to talk about the 2021 fall anime Arena the Vampire Cosmonaut, a.k.a. If I had a nickel for every time Funimation 2021 dubbed a historical historical retelling with supernatural creatures that happen to be vampires, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird if you think about it. Time is an illusion. What was the other one in that? Uh, Mars Red, which was, which was in spring of that year. <laughs> I, I think that was uh, genuinely, I believe it was like the year that Funimation just kept getting vampire shows before they, you know, decided to start Ratatouille and Hime because I'm not allowed to say the other version because it's apparently offensive to children. Um, but uh, I think that was the year they had that. The first season of The Vampire Dies in No Time and uh, my my beloved child um visual prison all in one season yeah they they were back in fashion vampires they should always stay in fashion except for that one time crunchyroll uh so uh co-produced a uh, webtoon about a vampire and decided to make the first episode 70 chapters into the series but we're not talking about that one today or that yes, one no, we're talking Tome game adaptation that we don't talk about Ugh. uh that was sentai's child but i would like to see sengoku nightblood actually dubbed um, because that is, what if we made vampires and werewolves fight each other in Sengoku, Japan? Really an all-time uh, classic story in literature that needs to be adapted again and again and again. And dubbed, please, can't you roll? Um, so, if you haven't heard of Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut, I will read the summary, which is actually from the light novels, which is being published by Seven Seas, which is A fierce space race between two global superpowers gives rise to the Nosferatu Project, a top-secret plan to to trade up some unusual cosmonauts. Vampires! 
When Lev Leps, a human soldier, is ordered to surprise a vampire test subject, Arena Limnesque, they unlikely pair bonds over their shared dream of reaching the stars. Together, can a human and a vampire duo rise above the chaos and corruption down on Earth and blast off into the final frontier? Spock! So, this was actually simuldub before Funimation got uh, merged into Crunchyroll or whatever you feel like talking about it. But uh, let's just kind of dive into our director and writers. Uh, so our main director of the series is one Chris George, who is assisted by Austin Tyndall. And our writers were Holly Segura and Caitlin Barr. Chris George, you will know as the director of BEM, Pop Team Epic, both seasons, and Wonder Egg Priority. While Austin Tyndall assisted on series such as Bem, Become Human, which is the movie, Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan, and Wandering Witch, The Journey of Elena. Holly Segura has written uh, for series such as One Piece, Strike Witches, The Road to Berlin, and Domestic Girlfriend. And Caitlin Barr has written for series such as Darwin's Game, Sasaki and Miyano, and Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Uh, so how do you guys feel about the direction and writing of the show? Frankly... For the time period it was dubbed in, it was pretty consistent. Like, I would say even more so than a few of the dubs I would I've heard in the post Crunchyroll era of Dallas dubs. Like, they characters for the most part sounded like they were recording in the same room, even though this probably would have been a this would have still been dubbed during the time period. Everything would have been done remote or at the very least the height of recording from home yeah this was towards the tail end i think of recording at home yeah so there was probably i i want to say there might have been a point where this might have been brought into the studio for at least a couple of the actors but you can't really tell i um, should note that at the time we're recording this this has been released on blu-ray so there are obviously things that could have been touched up between simulcast dubbing and putting that on Blu-ray. Right. Yeah. And for for myself, I've only seen the uh, version available streaming, and there hasn't been a upload uh, an uncut version made available streaming, which would have been the home video version. Yeah. And honestly, for having for a show that has two directors, it it feels pretty consistent as well. At the very least, it seems like. It feels like the director was assigned to a specific character, so it all kind of felt consistent. It's one of those cases where there's a lot of people working on the back end, but you can't really tell. And honestly, that's surprising to me. Thank you, Patrick. And uh, any next up? Oh, I suppose I'll uh, chime in from here. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that last point. Like we, this is uh, there are quite a few uh, characters that have changes of heart throughout the series. And there is a lot of uh, subterfuge going on uh, throughout the series that uh, you're kind of keeping an eye out and ear out for, but it's, they're really playing it close to the chest quite a lot uh, throughout, throughout that in the acting and the, and the writing uh, through this, like we've got a lot of uh, technical dialogue for, uh, 1950s slash 60s uh, space race uh, jargon that we're going through. Uh, the Ru the Russian, I couldn't comment if that was uh, well pronounced, but it's enough to fool my amateur ears on that part. 
uh, yeah, and like it is this. Uh, the thing that tells you that it was recorded from home is that we have cast members from across the country in this. So that, you know, just goes to show uh, the exciting experimentation that was happening uh, during that time that I, that I like to see. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to raise on the directing and writing itself at this point. Uh, Almond? It's a good solid dub. Um, I, I thought I thought the, it was very well put together. I thought everyone was gave very strong performances. The direction was good. I, I I am kind of in favor of them not opting to do accents just because my uh, terrible mid-century poison brain sometimes has a hard time taking people who are clearly not Russian speaking Russian accents seriously. My brain Thank defaults you. to um my brain defaults to um you know Chekhov and Star Trek who's doing a great job but sounds funny now and he was kind of funny at the time too uh i put this i love jerry jewel and yuri on ice but that's a comedy accent and and i found that uh, unless it's an actual russian speaker a lot of them tend to come across as comedy accents even if they're not meant to so i think that was a good choice for the show yeah. um, which we're, we're doing which comedy accents ourselves this episode to amuse ourselves exactly precisely yeah um not that the show is bereft of jokes but i think that's the wrong kind of comedy to go for um I think otherwise, otherwise people kind of said their piece already. Like it's a, it's a, it's a good solid dub, and I kind of forgot this was recorded still during like remote times. I'm always very impressed how well some of those come together because I'm sure that's just an immense amount of work. Um, so kudos on that front too. Yeah, no, it's actually really interesting you bring up the accent part because I agree with what you guys said. There's a lot of really good stuff going on here. I really want to compliment Holly and Caitlin for keeping a lot of the dialogue very time-appropriate. Um, because this is, again, a historical fiction. It, it is historical fiction retelling of essentially what is, I think, probably one of the more interesting parts, I think, of modern world history, which is the Cold War and the space race. Um, and it's, it's kind of a subject that has just, I think, in general, fascinated a lot of people over the years. Like, I will 100% admit, like, one of my favorite, like, movies I saw a lot in high school. Uh, let me get the film, I think it was. The Hunt for oh, Red God. October. It's not The Hunt for Red October. Um, it's actually not. It's another movie that is, like, it's about more, it's about, like, high school kids making a rocket. Okay. Well, it can't be Dr. Stone, because that's middle school kids. It's, it's definitely... it's it, The answer is October Sky. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I watched that a lot as a, a teenager. <laughs> um, but, like, I've, I like I like that, and then, like, another one of my favorite movies of all time, which is also later Cold War era, but still Cold War era, but it is the greatest single piece of sports media ever made of all time, is Miracle, starring Thing star Kurt Russell. Um... Mm -hmm. And if I haven't ever made it, you watch it, I fucking will. Because it's one of the great. It's the movie about one of the greatest moments in America of all time. Fuck off. Um, but never putting any too much, like, super modern slang into it. Like, a lot of the humor for the time really felt like it was there. Except for maybe one thing. And that's not something I'm going to blame them on. I'm just going to blame that on stupid light novel bullshit. And that is Anya's really weird insistence on calling her, uh, Irinyan. 
Yeah. Like, that, that kind of felt like stupid anime bullshit. Yeah, no, they've isolated all of the stupid anime bullshit and put it into one character. Yeah. That's, that's and yet she's still really cool. Because it's legally obligated I, to be there. Yeah, the, like, the, the lowest points of this show is when it does stupid light novel bullshit. Yeah, and it also like, doesn't translate well into English either because it sounds even more cringe. Uh when you're doing that, those kind of cutesy nicknames. Yeah, but the thing, back to my little point, like, the thing about the accents is, I, I 100% agree, because a lot of the show is very grounded, and a lot of the performances excel because they are able to take advantage of the more grounded nature of the show, and a lot of how natural a lot of the chemistry between certain characters is. Um, so having the accents, one could intentionally make that come off the wrong way. And another thing that was kind of brought to my attention was I was talking to my friend uh, Getter and he was talking they were talking at another time to another friend of our, mutual friend of ours named N1 and they were talking about I think like a game or something that where all the characters lived in in like kind of that, that area where the Russian slash Slavic an- like language accents would be and they were like, well, no, the dub doesn't need the accents because it's very clear they're all speaking the same language. Right. It's like, huh, I never really thought of it like that. It's like, you kind of do accents sometimes in shows like Riri on Ice. It makes sense to give people accents because you need to portray that all of these characters are coming from potentially non-speaking areas and English may not be their first language. Hence why Yuri and Victor have the, and especially when you're doing um, Asian languages as more of like the base normal English speaking, because God knows, like, let's be real, a, ru- a, a bad Russian accent is funny. A bad Asian accent is super racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you, yeah, we don't need to do any of this, uh, like, uh, sleight of hand to, uh, to disguise them speaking two different languages or to show them uh, speaking two different languages in English uh, without having to do the accents. Because yeah. everyone, everyone's here on the same page. It's that magic ba- Babel flesh. Goofy Russian accent, you get Yuri on ice, which is fun. Bad Asian accent, you get Garo vanishing line, and that's... Oof. We're not going... We, we, refu- we at Talk refuse to acknowledge that moment ever happened. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I definitely agree with you guys on the writing and the direction front. Um I think genuinely I'm 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 also kind of surprised that they and I'm happy that Chris George I'll talk about it more when we get to the character. I actually specifically like the choice that Chris had Irina's act, actor play cuz I did watch a couple episodes of this in the Japanese and the way they chose to have Irina's performer play her I think worked better to her character than having her have like the more typical like tsundere high-pitched girl voice in the Japanese but I'll get to that when we actually talk about Irina as a character um are we all good to move on to our first set of characters it's going to be probably the largest section because these are a lot of characters who are in a lot of the show but they're not like the core characters and they kind of like there's like three core characters, I think, to the series. Yeah. Maybe two if you think about it, but 
these are kind of all the big supporting players. So mm-hmm. first up, we have Franz. Franz is the assistant scientist on the training program, and he is one of Lev's good friends. Eventually, he tries to sabotage to get Irina killed, um, and is disappeared. You know. Franz who? Never met him. Exactly. Uh, and then there's his boss, Slagovich, who's an asshole. More like Slagovich. Thank you, Jackson. Uh, he believes that vampires are a cursed species, wears a cross, garlic, at one point tries to beat Arena, t- pistol whips Irina with uh, a garlic garland, and then he also gets the disappeared. Uh, we have Natalia. Natalia is, quote-unquote, the dorm matron for all of the recruits of the uh, cosmonaut program, but in truth, she is a member of the secret police, observing everybody, um, and being so secretive and kind of running that that group. Then we have Professor Mohaski, who is a the person who kind of helped is the first scientist who really kind of sets up the uh, Nosferatu project. He kind of just comes in and out and assists a lot on the um, the launches. Then we have uh, Slava Korovin. He is the head scientist and engineer that designs all of the rockets and is just genuinely like a cool dude. He takes kindly to Lev and Irina because of their Lev's respect for his work and Irina's desire and respect for space. He also gives Irina her code name of Lycoris and helps um, Lev choose his of Aster. There's Lieutenant Victor. He is in charge of the cosmonaut program and is kind of Lev's mentor slash boss slash helps pick who's going to be the final person. There's Ludmila Hodlov. She is this woman that is super close to the grand leader, Fedor Gergev. She essentially is kind of a manipulator and string puller and kind of sarcastic seductress who works in the shadows to get the results that they want so that the empire of uh, Zarnev looks better to the to the world and to their people as a form of propaganda. There is Fyodor Gaigev. He is the head of the um, he is the head of the country. I think it's called Zarnev. Zarnitsha? Right. Zarnitsha. It's U-Z-S-R. Yes. We're, yeah. we're going to just call it Russia for a lot of this. Yeah, we're just going to call it Russia. <laughs> Your paper sin uh, 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 name swapping won't fool us, buddy. Yeah, nor, what was it, Albania? Yeah, mm -hmm, the U.S. Who apparently, like, the only good thing that they ever think ever came from the U.S. was the cheeseburger. No, that's correct. (laughs) I mean, Megan, Megan, this is a country that didn't allow jazz into its borders until last year. They can't be trusted. This is fair. They They don't, they don't have taste. Comrade, why does everything taste like snow? It is snow, comrade. We've been over this. You are a vampire. Um, You don't have sense of taste. That is why. (laughs) Don't worry. We have no sense of taste either. (laughs) That's why we watch... That's why we watch Victor dance with polar bear. (laughs) Gaigev is the kind of fat man attempted... He thinks he's the leader, but we all know Ludmila's really the one in charge. Um, he is the head of the nation. He is a kind of bumbling, forceful Elon Musk fat man. Russian what? I mean, 
um, get the job done, look better than the Americans. And he tries to be, he's about as charismatic as, uh, oh God. he's about as charismatic as a Mormon in a bar. He's about as charismatic as trying to launch a rocket on that isn't ready on 420. <laughs> He's about Hold as charismatic in. as... <laughs> Feeder Gygev would buy a blue check mark. Don't let it show. Hold <laughs> it in. Conceal, don't feel. Let it out, Jackson. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't take uh, a drink. <laughs> then we have Mikhail Mikhail Yashin. He is kind of the at for a long time he is the very straight laced kind of first candidate to be the first cosmonaut in space. He uh is kind of like he's very much the ideal what you think of an astronaut, but it turns out having a ginormous stick up your ass isn't good for publicity. And he doesn't get to be the first cosmonaut. And then there's uh, Rosa Pl- uh, Pl- Plavitskaya. Rose Plavitskaya. Plavitskaya. AKA the White Rose of Sergov. Whatever the Stalingrad stand in is for this show. Uh, Songrod? Oh, uh, yeah. The White Rose of Songrod. She is the only female candidate out of the 20 cosmonauts. And she wants to, she is incredibly harsh to prove that she is better and doesn't let anybody get her down. She is the first of the final three eliminated because Lev saves her life when she goes into a spin from being scared. Um, and yeah, so going over the actors for this group, I know sorry, this is a big group, but there are a lot of characters that we're going to talk about very quickly. Uh, Franz is played by AJ Beckles, who you know is uh, Matt Ishida in the new Digimon Adventure 2020 dub. Uh, Musashi in Orient and Shiki Tadamaru in Kimono Jihen. Uh, this one I actually had to find out from the Blu-ray because he wasn't credited on ANN until today. Uh, Slagovich is played by Ben Phillips, who plays uh, President Turtle in Africa Salaryman. Uh, this is probably one of the greatest names for a butler character of all time. Jeeves Wodehouse in Hayatana Illusion. And he is the older version of Rudius in Mushoko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation. Natalia is played by Caitlin Glass, who's played characters such as Winry Rockbell in the Full Metal Alchemist franchise, Miria Havernet and Bakado in Mina Ashido in My Hero Academia. Professor Molazensky is played by Christopher Bevins, who's characters such as Natsuki Issei in All Out. Uh, because we are talking about a show that is vaguely set in Russia, uh, Grigory Ra Ra Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen, and Drifters, and uh, Takamura in Ping Pong the Animation. Slava Korovin is played by Mox- Mark Stoddard, who's played uh, played characters such as Spade in Aka 13, Scipio Afrikanis in Drifter, and Farmer Mazano in Samurai 7. Uh, Lieutenant Victor is played by Marcus Stimic, who's played characters such as Keiji Togashi in Aoashi, the narrator in Golden Kamui, and Don Bossman in Radiant. Ludomilia Halivar is played by Morgan Loray Garrett, who plays characters such as Akira Mato in Tokyo Ghoul, Botan in Laughing Under the Clouds, and Asmodeus in The Seven Mortal Sins. Uh, Gygev is played by Bill Jenkins, who has played characters such as Manfred von Karma and Ace Attorney, Sadamoto in Ghost in the Shell Arise, and Hiromu Hidakata in Robotics Notes. Mikhail Yashin is played by Jonas Scott, who has played characters such as uh, Bryden Shuga in 86, Akihito Kaji in Given, and Jin Tachibana in Talentless Nana. 
And Rosa is played by Kimmy Britt, who has played characters such as Hort in Dawn of the Witch, Seven in No Gun's Life, and Shinichi Kato in The Vampire Dies in No Time. <gasps> Deep breaths. Your thoughts! Alrighty, here we go. Um, I like DJ Pickles' Franz, even though he really doesn't get to do much. Um, you really only see him in front of the, uh, the Sutterfuge, and everybody sabotages that, and yeah, that's basically it. Um, I happened to get a really good chuckle out of Ben Phillips as sort of that, as the sniveling weasel Saglovich. Um, yeah, he is, like, not much to say because the character is very one-tone, but that tone was done particularly well. Um, Caitlin Glass is Caitlin Glass doing the sort of, the very nice, sweet character who is, if you don't behave yourself, she's going to send you to secret prison where you will probably... She'll send you to Siberia. And Christopher Bevins is Christopher Bevins. Um, I'm glad to see him in a Funimation dub again. And frankly, it's good. It's good. They're, again, a character who doesn't really do too, too much to advance the plot. But just kind of glad Bevins is here. Um, and... <sighs> I absolutely love Mark Stoddard as Slava Corvin. Um, the character is sort of the wise grandpa to the um, the space program, and he also does a really good job of an aspect of the character where Corvin is secretly dying of something. You. Even at the last episode of the show, you don't find out what it is, but he is taking a crap ton of medicine to keep something at bay. And Mark Sartard does a particularly good job with those scenes where Corvin is clearly afflicted by something, and he's he's both in severe pain and trying to hide it from the people around him, because if the people around him find out, He's gone. And Marcus Stimic as sort of the no-nonsense military man in the organization, um, I liked it. Again, like a lot of the a lot of the earlier characters, not really much to say, but he does show excuse me, he does show up quite a bit and for the most part does a good job. Uh, Morgan LeRae as Horova. Again, a very good performance, um, particularly in the scene where, you know, uh, Lev is basically on the bus going to the rocket, and she's trying to interview both him and uh, Mikhail, and it, yeah. Another little sniveling turd. Um, but from an actor, I'm not particularly used to hearing play sniveling little turds. Um, Gergiev by Bill Jenkins. Bill Jenkins, I'm more accustomed to as sort of the straight-laced narrator of One Piece. Um, yeah, I was so, going to say the same. 
this is this was particularly cool to hear out of him. Uh, and I really hope Bill Jenkins continues to show up as more than just a narrator in other shows. Uh, and yeah, Jonas Scott as Mikael Yashin, uh, he does a good job playing a character with a stick up his ass. It's, it's really, I can't say it's fun, but it's definitely some, it is definitely what the character needed. And then, um, Kimmy Britt as Rosa, basically same deal. Like a lot of the, there's a lot of sticks up butts in the not Russian military here. And yeah, she also does a really good job with it. While also sort of trying to mask a vulnerability because let's be frank, this is the not 1960s in not Russia and women in the military was just kind of not a common thing. So yeah, um, all in all, the the minor players of the show did a pretty good job overall. So thumbs up. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Franz, he's he's got an uh, interesting l little arc to him, just because he's uh, he pretends to be Lev's friend through most of it. Maybe he really is, but he just has other goals and other. Uh, priorities uh throughout the throughout his time in the show uh and then he gets removed and forgotten about and less said about the, it's the russian way uh purging and what was it purging and uh the motherland discards things it doesn't need anymore which is a common yeah. theme in the show uh and we but you, you need franz for a little bit in this uh just to kind of demonstrate the corruption going on. Uh, have some first-hand uh, sabotage to go with that. It could be anybody, right? Uh, that's uh, out to get you. right? Don't trust anyone. Uh, Slagovich uh, is also uh, just serving a purpose. Is kind of amusing in how uh, Ben Phillips uh, can just crank up the absurd uh hatred that this character's got but uh, it's mostly for uh demonstrating the bigotry uh that we've got present in the country and through the government and and through the world uh but we've got and he's just totally unreasonable uh cannot be consoled uh can't cannot be reasoned with just sniveling hateful uh, deserve to get punched in the face. So, did a good job with uh, making him those things. Uh, Natalia, uh, nice homegirl uh, type for, you know, introducing us to the, the matron dorm, uh, having uh, some friendly faces in, in and around the base, uh, and then just flips the switch and starts yelling at uh, men in black suits, runs off, off stage and in that direction, so uh, comes in and leaves uh, occasionally. Is totally fine characters. Don't have much to say about uh, Chris Bevan's character. I like his mustache. Uh, that's about it. Slava, 
Slava's a cool dude. Uh, we. One thing I uh, caught on the rewatch, because I had watched this like a year or two ago, uh, whenever the dub had wrapped up, uh, and then was watching it, watching again, I was like, did I miss Slava having a child? Because he mentions um, Lev paid his child respect. And then I see, uh, I rewatch the scene. This is the chief director, uh, or chief designer. Uh, and Lev was. Uh, showing respect to the uh, rocket silo that had gone up and come back uh, with the, the research data. And that's kind of what uh, gives uh, Slava to take a shine to Lev uh, and take an interest in him. Uh, Lieutenant Victor, you, you, we've got uh, Marcus Stimic just being uh, kind of no-nonsense uh, drill sergeant type. Like He's the one calling... He's the direct manager, uh, boss type, uh, calling out all the shots. Uh, just, uh, and is taking to that mentor role in a very professional manner for most of it. You know, it's like towards the very end, you get a little shot of him getting teary-eyed from uh, uh, Lev com coming back and receiving his award. But that might more be like, uh, patriotism pride than anything else, I feel. He's just that that kind of, like, uh, red-blooded Soviet. Uh, Morgan, L Morgan Luray, she's... Yeah. She's well-suited to this uh, type of role where she's uh, the sexy, sexy secretary that's uh, keeping th some things close to her chest, but in a lot of ways really not. Like, she uh, tells... Mikhail and Lev straight up that she's after a revolutionary uh, and is planting seeds uh, all throughout the, the story just to try uh, get to this end goal of the same thing. Uh, and uh, Morgan's really effective at that. And I, I have similar feelings about uh, Bill Jenkins as uh, Giergiv, actually. Like, I don't see him as uh, sniveling and weird or like uh bumbling i think i think he's well suited uh to this uh being the figurehead that the country needs like he he's on the same side as uh morgan's character throughout the show yeah Fair. i just think that she's the one pulling the strings yeah he he's along for the ride uh she's the brains of the operation but he uh he's all in favor of this so uh, he, he's he's the one you can send out to go out in public and bang shoes on things <laughs> Yeah, and and he's got this real like uh, warm and charismatic front to him uh, when he's out there. Like he he'll uh, hug uh, comrades and kiss babies for sure. Uh, and yeah, it is nice to have Bill Jenkins uh, doing some uh, good character work, uh, even though he's or outside of being the eleventh straw hat for twenty years. <laughs> so it's it's good to have him uh, in the booth for something else. Uh, Mikhail. Mikhail ends up being interesting because throughout it, it's like he's Joan Scott's character is just kind of like outside and above all the drama of uh, whatever's going on with Lev and this uh, vampire chick that's invaded the base. Like he, he doesn't want to cause any trouble. He's in his own lane for most of it. It's not until like the very end where it's uh, starting to shake up and it, it's there's the possibility of him. Uh, not getting that first position, not being the one to go up first, mm -hmm. that he starts uh, changing his tune a little bit, like, and cracking the armor. That like, oh, he 
uh, he would wish bad things on uh, Lev if it meant that he got the credit. He's not so uh, selfless as uh, some of the other characters that he can't put that side of himself aside. But it is nice that, like, in that same moment, he also does recognize this about himself. It's like, well, uh, I see why they were choosing this stuff. Uh, and despite being like red blood Soviet uh, top of the class, like we, we need something different for the hero of the nation. Uh, and it's kind of a similar thing with uh, Rosa as the number three uh, candidate uh, with that wrinkle of has to put on a brave front for being a woman in the in this environment. Uh, I, do, I do think like her performance ended up being a little bit weaker just from the stick of her, stick up her ass part of part of the characters like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to make that sound good and uh, I think Kimmy Britt struggled with that a little bit but uh, it's not too bad it's not uh, it's not taken away from the performance at all it's just yeah it's not detrimental uh, and, and then yeah and then she's uh, out of the story uh, pretty quick like oh like a lot of these characters are uh, yeah I think that covers the. Uh, everyone in this group in short order. Uh, Amon? Alright, let's see. Let's go back to the top. Um, uh, AJ's very good as Trons. I, at the very least, I I definitely bought him and um, Lev's camaraderie a lot of time. Like, you know, him it coming out that he's, like, you know, spied, like, definitely felt like a shock. Which, you know, I think is you know, if, if there's one thing you need to nail with that character, it's you like him enough that it's like, oh, he's a spy? Oh, shit. Well, crap, mm-hmm. we're never going to see him again, are we? Man, mm-hmm. I liked him. He did a good job. Um, uh, Sagalovich sucks. He's terrible. I hate him. Uh, ben, ben plays him very well. I. <laughs> what an asshole. Ben, 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 ben really like leans into the right like parts of his unlikability. I think he does an f- excellent job. Um, let's see. Uh, Caitlin's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't have too much more to add. That hasn't already been said. Um, Bevins is. I just I like that Bevins periodically gets cast to play weird Russians. Um, <laughs> he did. What is it? I I years ago I did that. Uh, that not very good. Um, what the hell is it called? It's the Project Edo movie no one likes. He 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 directed the dub for that. And he oh, that Harmony. Yeah, Harmony. Uh, he there he he's in that very briefly as like some Russian guy, and he's he's a he's a delight there too. Um, I don't know, it's, he's good at that. I have no idea why. Um, Mark's great as Slava. I I I found Slava's whole arc so endearing. This poor man just wants to see this happen before he drops dead, <laughs> and. <laughs> And he also cares about the people being inside the fucking rocket. Yeah, yeah he, he actually he actually he actually views them as people, not just kind of like expendable doodads to get shot in the space for political points, um, which is nice. They're, they're they're in short supply here. Which I uh, love that that's he's... sort of a subplot in the whole thing, where like only a few people on staff actually treat the test subjects like people, or you know, a dog. Dogs. <laughs> ah, it's in, it's in short supply. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's just he's just great. He's he's very warm and he's very friendly, and you like him, and you really want him to get to see this stupid rocket go to space, so you can you can at least um, you know pass away having succeeded. That'd be nice. Um, what else? Uh, Lieutenant Victor, the most fifties man alive Russian version. Yeah, um, he's, he's just he's fun. It's just like. Yeah, I've I've I shot you in the face in a Fallout game, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that guy. You're that guy. He's good at that. Could you imagine if Todd Howard was ever into shooting rockets into space? Look, do you think they would clip through the launch pad? I don't know. I feel like I feel like he. I. Todd Howard seems like the kind of guy. It's like. Do you want to, do you want to build a rocket, Mister Howard? Not really. No. What do you want to do? Can, you remember, can Liber- I put you remember Liberty Rim on the Mission Control computer? Oh no, I'm seeing it's like you remember, you remember Liberty Prime. Can, <laughs> can we make that uh, the square cube rule, sir? Damn it! I always forget about the square cube rule. <sighs> right, he's making that space game now, though. Right, Star City. Something oh like yeah, that. that's right. I've, yeah, yeah. That, that they, is they are making Skyrim in space. <laughs> So we're gonna find but out question, what happens. Can you play? Can you? But can you play Skyrim in Skyrim in space? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Skyrim I'm on sorry, the moon. I'm sorry. Now... He's gonna he's gonna port Skyrim to everything if he gets his way. <sighs> Hello, this is your bidet. Would you like me to start playing Skyrim? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, it's like playing. What was? What was it? What's that one game they keep putting onto like really weird Doom. shit to play it? Doom. Doom. Doom? It's Doom. Yeah, you could Doom. absolutely okay. play Doom on the uh, space uh, computer. The operations. Like, that, that thing's a potato. It'll run Doom. <laughs> Anything can run Doom if you try hard enough. Didn't they make a pregnancy test run Doom? Mm-hmm. No, that's that the great. No, that, see, see, that's the great part. Originally, it was a fake video, but then someone actually got a pregnancy test to run Doom. <laughs> that's even Congrats! better. Congrats! Congrats! It's Doom. It's Doom. Congrats, Congrats you're Doom. The BFG. What? What's the baby's gender? Doom Slayer. <laughs> Congrats! It's Slav Jank. Sorry what? to distract you, Amon. That's fine. Uh, where was I? Uh, yeah, Marcus, Marcus is great. Um, good, authoritative. Like him a lot. Um, let me see. Morgan's just a lot of fun. Uh, Lidmila is... I mean, she, she, you can tell, I think, even from her, her introduction that she knows a lot more than, than she lets on, and that becomes increasingly true as more of the story plays out. Um, she's clearly just having a blast playing this character who actually has all the cards. Uh, and is perfectly happy to lord you over that if necessary. She doesn't mind. While she, she likes, eats she a likes candy. Her job. Exactly. Um, she's fun. Uh, Bill, I, I, I liked him a lot as Fyodor, who very much comes across as like like the dude you want running your country, where he is like less vicious and more pragmatic than the people around him. He's very <laughs> electable. Extremely electable, yes. But very it does so. make him out to seem like kind of a sniveling turd he isn't but he definitely seems that way because he's willing to do the political double talk exactly he's he's he, he knows he can he can be mr mr figurehead and look like an idiot even if he's not oh 
I liked his I liked his big rousing speech at the end. It was very nice. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, Mikhail, Mikhail, Mikhail's very taking this very seriously. He probably needs to take it a little less seriously. Um, Jonah's Jonah's a lot of fun as him for that reason. Uh, also, I think um, I don't know who brought up that he has a stick. He's 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 he's, he's too much of a grouch to be. The first astronaut in space, and I think that's true. Uh, he looks like as much of a grouch as it is. And uh, have you ever looked up a picture of um, Yuri Gagarin? Uh, no. Is it no. based? No. Uh, Just today, uh, yeah. He's all Mikhail's smiles. based on the other guy. No, no, but I'm saying if you look at a picture of Yuri, like, uh, that guy could have been on the cover of Teen Beat. Like, yeah. he's extremely marketable looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could not have been Yuri Yep. Exactly. No, just like of course he was the first guy in space. Jimmy Olsen looking motherfucker. Absolutely, I would have checked him too. <laughs> Holy shit! Look at this guy. His suit is too this big man, for him. This man was serving the country in the USSR. That's our first cosmonaut. Yep. The sea. The sea. Do you think he was making girls sploosh like the Beatles? Absolutely. Do you do you know what happened after he went to space? No. He got mad puss. Uh, yeah, and he was also also he got to enjoy it because he was permanently grounded because he was too valuable to accidentally kill shooting him into space again. Like one thousand percent. So he's like a horse that wins the Kentucky Derby. He's just going out to stud. <laughs> no, li- he too politically valuable to accidentally die in one of these rickety ass rackets the Soviet Union had. Like. Great. And he had a good seven years of just doing whatever the fuck he wanted until he died. Yep, under mysterious circumstances, which from what I read probably weren't mysterious. It's probably just so fucked up in an embarrassing way and no one wanted to admit it. Or it was like space radiation. No, he died in a plane cr- no, a jet crash. Ah, okay. He was out he was out he had he gotten he got authorized to fly jets again and was out on maneuvers with somebody and died. And the best guess that people, because the Soviet Union did not really want to explain what had happened, uh, the best guess I've seen anyone seen is that someone probably gave them bad weather information and they died by accident, and that is way too embarrassing a thing for the Soviet Union to admit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wait, I'm sorry, you told them the weather was clear, you got a national hero killed? Oh, you were... You take that secret to your grave. In the words of Centaur World, we take this to the grave. One thousand percent. You take that to the um, grave, or they're taking you to Siberia. <laughs> the random polar bear that lives out in Siberia, seeing all these new people come and going, yo, go huh? get Steve, there's another fucking one. What the fuck? Hey, this is um, an all-you-can-eat buffet here. Why would we ever leave? <laughs> Do you guys remember the time that the bear, like, I guess, I think this was also in Russia, where, like, I'm sorry to get this off track, but, and it also involves things falling out of a plane and bears. Mm-hmm. Where a bunch of gasoline fell out of, like, gasoline barrels, like, fell out or something, and the bears got really fucking high on gasoline in Russia. Oh. Guys. Guys, come on. And again, put up a strong front. We did that on purpose. <laughs> we got the bears high on purpose. Don't don't question it. Fuck you, we're gonna make our own cocaine bear with hookers and blackjack. Yeah, yeah that's one thing the show captures well, I think, is just the uh, put up a strong front, front uh, lie, 
subterfuge. Nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything is okie dokie. It's all borscht, no cheeseburgers. My cat has just decided to knock my Udapri plushie off of its little, like, shelf as a show. I don't know, as a, either a show that she's annoyed that she's in here and I won't let her out because we're recording, or she wishes to assert her dominance over Aoi Shota. Probably that second Good one. Good luck, buddy. Is Aoi Shota a bottom? You're not the first, you won't be the last. Do you mean Aoi Shota's character in Udapri or Aoi no. Shota himself? Because I don't think I can answer that. The latter. I don't think I'm legally allowed to answer that, and neither are you. Uh, I, I don't want to be uh, silenced by the uh, Fujoshi KGB, so I'll shut up now. Come on, please continue. Sure. Um, yes, Jonah's, Jonah's he's, he's, he's a big grump, and he's really funny. Very entertaining. Um uh and uh kimmy's kimmy i think really it does a good job as rosa whose whose grouchiness feels a lot more understandable and uh i i I thought you did a good job with the character as somebody who like probably needs this for herself a lot more than mikhail needs it for himself um but also kind of understands why things are going the way they are It it was a good performance i liked a lot yeah no uh i agree with a lot of you guys let me knock out some people super quick um i realized like, okay, so our cast list got moved down because Jackson posted a picture of Yuri Goskin. I'm gonna fuck his last name for all time. Gar- got Yuri the- Yuri the Space Pimp. Yuri- Yuri the Space Pimp. Um, so I forgot I had posted- before Amon got here, I was posting some out-of-context Final Fantasy XIV screenshots, including Andrew's- one of Andrew's strike zones- and one of the greatest out-of-context lines, which is, Got business with me, cat boy. Um, so I have to scroll back up for the cast list. So I actually really like AJ Beckles in this. Um, I really like him playing kind of more of these uh, soft-spoken, more moody characters. I hope I get to see him do that again. I know he's playing Matt in the new Digimon anime. The new Digimon Adventure dub. Uh, and as we all know, Matt Ishida was a lot of little girls and little boys' uh, first... Uh, anime moody bad boy that they could fix so looking forward to that uh i actually didn't know who plays sagovich until i literally looked at my dvds uh because he was not credited on ann but uh thanks to me and uh jr pictures we put him up there i think he plays him as over the top as like the character looks and is because this is a man who literally runs looks like more of a vampire than irina runs around with a cross and garlic on and at one point whips her uh, just to prove that he's a giant vampire racist, which is going to be really funny in about about in about three minutes. Uh, Caitlin Goss does a really great kind of soothing mom voice as Natalia. It sounds a little bit more mature than her Winry voice, but also B, I genuinely like the part where um, she takes the guy in for crashing the car, right? Trying to kill Irina, yeah. and she's just like. You idiot, you weren't supposed to kill her yet. And just just the no mercy shooting that she does with that guy. Um, uh, Christopher Bevins, I was just really happy to hear him do a weird, wacky little voice in this show. And just, I thought he was going to be more important, but he wasn't. But I remember him being the guy who was the most distraught about the dog dying. Mm-hmm. Which, boy howdy, when we talk about Arena, we're gonna talk about, uh, that- that fucking nightmare scene. Uh, 
Mark and Slava is Slava is my probably my favorite character that isn't the main three. Um, I love Slava. I love him as this kind of like business. Like he's definitely more business, but he's definitely the friendliest person who works with them. And it's very clear he's the guy who's got he's got the guy of like the old dude super passionate about his thing, passing his hobby down to his next generation kind of boys. Uh, also, be it's always just fun that Mark Soddard's in things. Um, Marcus Sinek as Lieutenant Victor, I think does a good job of being kind of that authoritarian part. I really love when he gets to kind of let down his walls and be like, Lev, I am so fucking proud of you. <laughs> like, where it's like, an idiot is what I would have called you if I wasn't so damn proud, boy. Like, I really love that aspect about him. Uh... Jonah Scott as Mikhail is interesting because I don't think a lot of people really know Jonah for being playing kind of these more stick-up-his-ass type characters. I think a lot more people are used to his, like, uh, Lugoshi, who is a lot more weird and, like, kind of wild and quiet and but has these moments of freakouts. Um, I also really love the scene in the penultimate episode where they're, fly they're about to go, um, where Lev is about to do his launch and they stop because Lev has to pee. <laughs> and then the show gives the most lovely rendered piss shot you've ever seen outside of prison school yeah I was about to say and, I don't think you can make that claim um, I said outside of prison school no one's gonna ever animate pee better than prison school um and he's just like man you know even still now I wish you were about to fucking die so I could go in that rocket and like he finally has this moment with him, and he's genuinely genuine. He's genuine, but man, could you have waited for him to at least wipe his hands before you hand shook him? The guy <laughs> was letting it loose. That's just a that's just a party foul. I'm mostly impressed that they were able to like put that in the spacesuit, uh, so he didn't have to take off the whole thing just to. Take yeah, his. right. God show he what where's the part where where Lev pisses in his own suit? <laughs> uh, well, he would have had a adult a diapers for that. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Astronauts wear adult diapers. We're we're all adult, adults here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kimmy does a really good job playing Rosa. I do think that out of this group, for the characters to kind of stay around longer, I do agree that she's a bit on the weaker side just because of Rosa's character. Um, it's hard to, it's kind of hard sometimes to go from being that genuinely cold to, uh, having genuine moments of warmth and connection. And it, it, she is a very good foil to Arena, but I think Arena's actress got that down better between the two sides of her. But I still genuinely enjoy the performance, and I'm not super familiar with Kimmy Brett, so I was impressed. Uh, but let's talk about Ludmila and, and, and Gagev. Um... Gergev. Bill Jenkins is Gergev. I'm not used to Bill Jenkins being, you know, the straw hat that never that never was <laughs> um, in the narrator, so I'm not super used to his voice. I'm used to him as being Manfred von Karma. Uh, to which, remember, almost Christmas means it wasn't Christmas. Um, and I think he played him with enough of that, like, old man voice, but still being kind of slimy and smarmy. And I liked whenever he got frustrated. But my god, does he get the the, the pinnacle of the, the worst person you know has made a point. He has a speech prepared for any occasion. 
And that speech being, well, 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 you see, we have sent both human and vampire into space. We rush it. We, the Russians, stand in our superior because we don't discriminate against people. And we let all sides have their dreams. And anybody who does it fucking sucks. As we cut to shots of the American vampires and damn fears living in, like, fucking segregated slums. The, the American pre- president just slams on his desk like uh, Kiryu from Yakuza. is like, damn it. We got, we got beaten, nothing, put to the punch, and now we bad. look bad for being bigots. <laughs> but damn it, nothing bad's ever supposed to happen to the Kennedys. <laughs> ha ha ha, nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. <laughs> and he absolutely they would have read the board. other speech where condoning the actions of uh, the delivery crew and the the anti-vampire faction if it went the other way yes yeah I'm, uh, there's a there's an essay you can find online about a um it was it was about a, a kid in a uh, black family whose family moved to the soviet union in the 60s i think because they were very happy to bring up american racism and um it was weird it was weird maybe think of that hmm. yeah and then obviously we have uh Ludmila, who is what an absolute stinker. Um, I love Morgan's performance of her. She's sultry. She's super sarcastic. I she sees a lot of this as just a bunch of I think in a sense a bunch of dumb men playing with their toys, and she's just like whatever. I'm just gonna get this revolution business started so that we can we can try to, like, control the minds of our people and not let them think America is cooler than us because they shot a fucking monkey into space. Um, just because we didn't have of, jazz music. Yeah, just because we... <laughs> yeah, right? But, like, I always really like how, like, she is just so fucking cold about everything. Like, when she asks Lev and Mikhail about what they... why they want to go in... like, what they, they think makes a hero... And Mikhail is kind of the straight answer, and Lev's like, well, I want to make everybody happy because I'm Lev, and I'm a nice person, and blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, oh, the person needs to go is a revolutionary who doesn't stay in the path she needs to move us for. But what do I fucking know? I think this is stupid. (laughs) And she kind of eats her candy and walks off. Uh, She's great, and I love Morgan's performance of her. I think that... Ludmila is the one performance like we were talking about like how accents would be super distracting she's the one that I'm thinking would be the most distracting if she had done an accent just because mm. of the way of her personality mm. playing out mm. I also just love how she's just like she literally has the the vibe of the uh, I'm just here for my paycheck to her voice not Morgan's performance, but the character herself is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So having tried the idea of uh, using these two, these two like, young, optimistic people as pawns to keep everybody on our side. And speaking of young, are we all good with this section? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I think we've set it's, our pace. Yeah, and speaking of young optimists, we have Anya, uh, Simonian, Alina, Irina, Irina Limnask, and Lev Lefts. Anya is the head kind of researcher who's in charge of taking care of um, Irina's physical health and stuff. 
She also just becomes Irina's best friend and is a genuinely nice person and a sweet girl and the biggest shipper on deck. Unfortunately, she is the cause of almost all of the weird kind of anime humor that's in this show. Because, you know, the last thing this show needed was weird scenes of her getting, like, really excited about how big Irina's Irina's boobs were. You say vampire expert, I say vampire otaku. Yeah. Potato, potato. Gotta get the weebs interested somehow. Pink hair and twin tails. Yeah. Uh, I'd also like to point her out for just absolutely fucking wrecking a dude in episode 12. Just, like, linebacker, University of Moscow. Oh, the projectile headbutt. Yeah. Then we have Irina Lumenesk, the titular vampire cosmonaut. She is a 17-year-old girl who lied about being 21, as per usual, to sneak into the military in any form of fiction, uh, who comes from a deep mountain commune that you find out that she... She volunteered herself because she has always wanted to go to space and the moon before humans could quote-unquote defile it. And she learns that over time that humanity is not as bad as it is because of Lev's kindness, even though she kind of has every right to hate humanity after they came in and fucking blowtorched her entire village and family. And, uh, it was a kind of uncomfortable scene because if you kind of look at their outfits, they look very indigenous and or Ukrainian. Oh, they, they, they came across as very, um, I mean, the Roma- Romani was the one that sprung to mind, but I feel I feel like there's a number yeah. of oppressed Eastern European groups they probably fit right in with, you know? Yeah. Yep. yeah just imagine one of those inhabiting a uh, dark, dreary castle. Yeah. And you have that scene. Yep. And then we have Lev Leps, who is the, essentially, like, the nicest singular human being that has ever existed in not Russia. Um... He is a sweet-natured guy who has a history of having a short temper because, you know, he punches out people who are racist assholes. And I don't see why that's a problem, but apparently that is a problem and not Russia. Uh, Lev Lev becomes the teacher to Irina and eventually a cosmonaut himself, obviously being the stand-in for Yuri Gergen. I got it right. Um, And he also slowly... Like, Irina falls for him, he slowly falls for Irina. And insert that gif of Jim Rash from Community here. I hope this doesn't awake anything in me. Yes. Playing Anya is Jade Saxton, who you know as characters such as Zimena uh, Coronado in Gara the Animation, Jeanne d'Arc in Rage of Bahamut Genesis, and because this is quite literally the best name for a character that she's ever played, the lethal hamster in Africa Salaryman. Hit, <laughs> hit. Uh, Tia Ballard plays characters such as Aligula uh, in Blood Blockade Battlefront, Kagura Soma in the Fruits Basket 2019 reboot, and Itsuki Nakano uh, in the Quintessential Quintuplets. And Lev Leps is played by Stephen Fu, who plays characters such as uh, Noe Archivist in the Case Study of Vanitas, Anti in SSS Gridman, and Theo Himizuka in Midnight Occult Civil Servants. How do you guys feel about these three characters? So, yeah, there had to be some means of the um, sort of the night light novel anime adaptation bullshit. And that ended up being in the form of Anya. Uh, The cute mannerisms, 
It's a little distracting, but honestly, it the show kind of needed a little bit of brevity. Not the way I would have done it, but honestly, probably not Jade's fault that it's there. Um, otherwise, the performance is really good. Um, I guess the meat of this is Tia Ballard as Irina. Basically, the namesake of the show. Uh, let's see here, let's see here. Also, kind of an archetype Sundere. Like, she is very cold toward Lev and the rest of the crew at first, and slowly warms up to everybody. Um, as you would expect from a typical Tsundere. Um, but there are little moments as she's doing that that are, that are really nice. Like the, like the whole lemon seltzer thing. And, um, the, the, the scene where she gets drunk. She only has, like, a sip of alcohol and she's out. That was also good. Um, also really good mix work with Irina um, because you have scenes of her both with the, the spaceman helmet on and also projecting a message back down to the motherland which does actually for the most part sound like it came out of a um, out of a 1950s era um Radio. It's nice. I, I like it. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when you, how you're talking about that, the whole, like, it sounds like it's coming out of, like, a bad mic from, like, that age. Yeah. I don't know why. And it's probably because this video lives rent-free in my head. The only thing that popped up into my head was, YOU HAVE UNO! I don't have UNO, you fucking lizard! <laughs> because if you've never seen that video between uh, that Alex Lee and... Sean Chiplock made, it sounds like they're on shitty Xbox mics. Yeah. I mean... I have the oldest N-Box known to man. I mean, this is less shitty Xbox mic and more, like, shitty, you know, 1950s ham radio that's got to transmit back down to the uh, surface of the Earth from, like, 100,000 yeah. feet up. Yeah, the priority is range, not fidelity. Yeah. And honestly, Stephen Fu as Lev is a good boy. Like, there's... As much as he's in the show, like, there's not much more to his character than that. He's just a good boy. Um, I particularly like the flashback where he punches the guy out because he was making fun of the fact that the dog died. Which you should. Hmm. And that was basically the whole reason for his demotion and basically getting sent to train Irina. But it's just like, like he's, Stephen Fu is just like, the, the adorable little cinnamon roll is led. Like he, he's too pure and innocent for this world. Definitely too pure and innocent to... To die six years after going into space in some aviation fuck up, but hey. I'd like to point out that in the light novels, he does not die that early. <laughs> I see. What? What do you mean that early? Don't answer that. I don't want to. <laughs> let me let me live ignorant. 
Yeah, no, I'm just saying that he doesn't. He, I don't think he meets the same fate as uh, his real life counterpart, if you know what I mean. But yeah, like the three of these actors did a really good job with what they were given. I know one of them was kind of given stuff that I would not have written as such. But hey, I you got to get the otaku crowd in there somehow. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I don't have uh, too much to say about uh, Jade Saxon's character. Uh, other, besides the fact that it's all the anime bullshit concentrated into one character, pink hair, twin tails. Uh, just a little bit cringe, uh, but this is uh, nothing new for Jade uh, and her like range and uh, catalog of characters. So I think she was well suited for the task, uh, if nothing else. And yeah, she does. Uh, as Irina's friend and confidant, she's able to uh, really get in uh, and and be warm and friendly and uh, concerned for uh, Irina through through all of her uh, struggles. You know, g- go to bat for her. Uh, uh, bet- not betray her country, but uh, de- defies the uh, men in black for her. Yeah. So- oh, she was 100% ready to fucking... Uh, she, you know, she just has uh, chloroform on her, re- ready to drop, drop, uh, kick some goons. You know, so, as you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimately, a, a fun character. Yeah. Uh, Le- Lev, uh, Stephen Fu, very good boy. Uh, Stephen Fu's kind of an actor that's hard for me to place. Uh, I, th- I think I'm becoming more familiar with him now. Uh, with some of his video game work, uh, and the roles that I can uh, draw from memory are very much uh, this this type of character, just uh, very uh, hello, ma'am, and very much not uh, your daughter calls me daddy too. Uh, <laughs> it's it's he's a real ni- he's a real nice lad. Uh, I yeah, I, I did like those scenes where they're uh, warming up to each other, like. Uh, they definitely know from how uh, Lev is that he's very predictable. Uh, it's like we we can use this guy. We if we set these two up uh, in the same room, this is exactly what'll happen uh, so, to get to our uh, end game goal. It's like he earns respect from uh, Slava for showing respect back to uh, his work. He's uh, you know treats the people around him like people, uh, including the the dogs and this vampire chick uh yeah just honest to honest to a fault uh yeah and everyone can kind of can kind of tell i i do like that uh the rapport that they slowly develop like by by the uh time Irina is going up in that first rocket like they're already sending each other secret codes Mm -hmm. uh slipping them past the russian spies or doing it right in front of the russian spies uh, just to explain that uh, quickly, Erin uh, needs to speak in code f- so that the Americans can't tell what uh, space stuff is going on. And she adds on a- another message uh, that's just for Lev. So there's this uh, borscht recipe that she's supposed to read out, and then uh, she reads out this uh, drink to pair with it. That wasn't in the script, but it uh, connects back to uh, Lev and Erin hanging out at the jazz bar. It's just... It's a very nice uh, progression of the uh, romance and relationship. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, you knows like T. Ballard's great fucking actor. Uh, starts out well with the, the like just cold, uh, closed off attitude, and and you know just just a couple like biting remarks slipped in here. It's like uh, people hate vampires, and this and this is why. Like, or you never want to try to learn about our people, whatever, whatever. You see us as a cursed species. Uh, and just uh, that slowly starts to twist like uh, really by like the end of episode two when they go for that uh, lemon seltzer drink uh, it kind of flips it she's able to flip a switch and uh, bring that down that shield for a moment where she's just a normal uh, teenage girl that's getting surprised and excited by a lemon seltzer she's got the she's got that uh, fear of heights going on early in on that uh, just screaming her head off uh, as she's uh, jumping off towers uh, for a parachute practice, and yeah, uh, yeah, and it's just slowly warming up. Uh, we get towards the end of the series, and uh, they, they're ve- they're very much uh, caring for each other and in each other's corner. Uh, it gets it gets real romantic in a lot of scenes, especially on that that lake. You know, if if I got laid, I would want fireworks to go off for me. Like it does for these two. Uh, just uh, some of the how that scene is animated is uh, quite dreamlike. It's it's, it's real nice. Uh, don't know if I have too much to, more to say, but yeah, great great performances all around on on our leads. Awesome, Amon. Let's see. As you mentioned, Anya is very much the anime bullshit character. Um, Jade does a good job with her though um, like she turns into the correct performance for that character even if this is maybe not a character that needed to be in the story the way she's written but you know whatever Jade does a great job mm-hmm. um, and I don't know how much more I have to add to what we were talking about with um, Tia and Steven they're, they're both very good um, Tia just gets a lot of the, the compl- she does a good job of handling the complexity of the character where she's both very She's she's like very very driven and very angry, but also like uh, you know you feel like she does she does she's she's very alone and she doesn't necessarily like that even if she kind of has accepted that as just the thing she might have to deal with. Um, and it's very touching watching her and Liv like just form a relationship and get closer to one another. It's uh, it's nice, especially with Lev. Not to the same extent, but also kind of being a lot of step with his peers, what with sort of, you know, he's ready to throw down, and that's a big no-no for reasons. Um I don't know, they're just they're very they're very they're very charming together. It's you know, their 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 relationship is a lot of the core of the show, and I think they do a great job of um just handling that and making it feel like solid and uh well put together and earned and you know, it it it's made for a it's made the show for made for a good show. Liked a lot. Thumbs up. Yeah, no, I I actually really like Jade's performance, even though her character does have kind of like the most like annoying anime bullshit joke moments of all time. And I want to compliment the show for not making, um, for taking a character who, in a sense, like, it's always kind of interesting to see the way that by bi- initial biases of people who are othered are handled. Because in a sense, both Lev and, um, Anya, who are the two nicest people, I think, to Irina, start from a place that isn't 
genuinely nice. Even though they're kind to her, they have a hundred. They have a bunch of misconceptions. And in Lev's case, um, he kind of ditches them. I think a little bit quicker than Anya, who does still see her. I think as a toy up until she comes back from space. And then I want to compliment the show itself having a very natural friendship form between the two of them. Um, they don't kind of become like pitted against each other for Lev's attention. Um, they have a genuine, genuine female to female character friendship that, that blossoms out of their own willingness to get to know the other one. Um, and I really like when they go out on the lake to say their wishes and Anya kind of has a much more childish view and she's like, oh, come on, you really didn't wish for like our nation to be prosperous and stuff. Uh, and I think towards the finale where she's the one who is genuinely just trying to take care of her and you see how scared she is in Jade's trembling voice of when, um, I think it's in episode 11 or 10 where she goes to get her ice cream and on and Irina gets away to go run to Lev in the capital and they get stopped and the guy destroys their ice cream and yells at her and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like that was just so good. And then of course Anya's headbutt of victory. The goodest shit in the world. Uh Stephen Fu is Lev. I was actually really surprised that Stephen Fu was cast as Lev. I he wasn't the actor I genuinely was thinking of and I've watched a lot more stuff with Stephen Fu in it because I genuinely like him a lot as an actor. Um, I think he does great in the case of Devani Toss, if you haven't seen that yet. And I really liked him here as the much more kind and gentler Lev. It was a little bit like Noe, but a bit more grounded in reality. I, I like how honest and genuine when he starts to speak about how much he cares for Irina... And how Irina sees the world. It's so good. And just the part where he's up in space and he's using her words and how much... It obviously kind of causes like this moment of tension between them. Because Irina feels like he is stealing from her. And he's feeling like he's doing it out of just a genuine honor for her. Um, comes across so well. And I, I genuinely love Steven's performance. And again, I would love to see... Steven get to kind of do more performances like this. But let's talk about the real star of the show, and that's Tia Ballard, is Irina. Uh, Irina's gambit of life is really what I think is the highlights of this show. And Tia's performance is the one that I was hinting at earlier, where in the English version, her voice is a lot lower than it is in the Japanese. And I think having her have a lower voice, and then when she gets frustrated, kind of going into the more stereotypical, like, higher anime girl voice is what works better because I feel that's more intrinsic to her character than being a stock standard tsundere that a lot of people really know about. Because Irina's attitude comes from a place of genuine trauma. Um, and I want to highlight how fucking hard this show goes with her fucking PTSD nightmares. Um, you have the ones where she's imagining where her hometown and her family is burnt alive as she's told to hide and has to watch. Uh, but the dog nightmare. The dog nightmare scene. Oof. Yeah. She's, she's <laughs> spent the whole show being compared to, to a dog, yeah. 
and and she's the first uh, humanoid to go up uh, after a live human being. Yeah. Patrick. Or after a, Patrick. Uh, the Leica and and other dogs have come back, or not come back. Patrick, did you really have to use wolf? I both intended and did not intend that pun. So anyway, let's just go with this. You would think that the the Zenitria space program was run by Dio Brando with how many dogs it's killed. Um, and you get this kind of one scene, I think, towards I think towards the end of episode five, where uh, another thing comes down and it explodes, and and Irina is forced to see the burning corpse of a dog. And they and she has been put into a dog muzzle and chain before because a lot of the rest of the people don't see her as human. And she has this horrifying nightmare of her, I think, being on the moon and seeing all of the statues dedicated to the other dead dogs. And then there's this flash of all of their like anatomically correct skulls layered over it as she turns to stone and disintegrates. And it literally fucks her up so bad that she starts, like, not eating and taking care of herself, which leads to the I-just-had-sex moment of any vampire show uh, where somebody gets bitten and there are fireworks. And did I ever mention that the composer of that the composer of the show was the guy who did Chrono Cross, did a Chrono Cross and the music of the show is Immaculate? Oh, huh. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Th- those insert songs on those dream sequences are quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, the guy who did, I think, a lot of the, uh, is, is it not Chrono Cross? What's the one, what's the one that everybody likes that has the Chrono time Trigger. mechanic? Thank you. Yeah, Chrono Trigger, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, the composer of that worked on this. Um, but Tia's performance, again, I really like because they decided to go with a, a, a more deep performance and to give a reason, a, a connection of, Another time I've seen this and they really like it, and because it's me. Uh, Beth Ann Walker's performance in Final Fantasy XIV as Alize, who is a character very similar to Irina, where in the Japanese she is played as, uh, her actress plays her a lot more high-pitched and, like, stereotypical Sundere voice, where in English she's played with a lower and more tomboy voice. Um, but I also like, one of the things I also want to comment is on, um, even though we all know that ADR voice actors do not perform in the same booth at the same time. I really do want to compliment Steven and Tia's chemistry and their voices. Um, One of the biggest compliments I have for Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut is that it has a more gen- it it has a more naturally budding romance than some romance anime. Like, It's a slow burn, but it progresses from point A to point B very naturally, and you do get there at the end of it. And they do have obvious communication issues and such, but- you can tell that it, it's a love not b- based on the fact that, hello, I am a man that exists in this space. I am a woman that exists in this space. We should bone. It's, hi, I am a person who has one passion and you have one passion. Therefore, we meet and come together. Um, and Tia and Steven's chemistry works very well between their voices. And I really want to compliment Chris George as the uh, as a director in casting for casting these two because I think their voice types complement each other very well. Um, so that can so let's move into final thoughts. What are your guys' final thoughts on the the dub and the show as a whole? So it's 
definitely an interesting experiment here. Um, I did not expect a space race era Soviet historical fiction drama. Um, I'm definitely impressed with what I got. The dub, um, the dub is definitely solid and presentable. Um, at some point, I will likely have to turn around, check out the Japanese version. But for now, it is definitely something I would recommend to people. So, definite thumbs up. Yeah, uh, I've got lots of uh, good things to say about the dub. Uh, and yeah, this one's kind of stuck around in the back of my head for uh, the last year or so uh, as, a, as a show. Just some of the things that about the way this anime is constructed. Uh, I really like, I think this it's limited in its uh, scope of what it's able to do, but it's actually pretty ambitious with uh, what it's trying to do uh, as far as like animation, storyboarding stuff and uh, store on top of that, like it's going for things like rotation shots or uh, I, I'm in my everything is shit phase, but also I'm easy to please. It's, it's a weird <laughs> thing. Like, uh, there's a lot of interesting like sim uh, symbolism and kind of like poetic lines going on. Like uh, we mentioned the scene on the lake with the pine cones. Uh, the lake's frozen over, so you can't actually throw the pine cones in. Uh, and our wish will come true when the spring comes. That that's a great line uh, that gets uh, that we have in this script. Uh, just uh, and there's there's all these kind of things throughout, uh, like a being compared to, or. Nosferatu, uh, the vampire being compared to the dog, uh, and just that uh, imagery coming back up uh, as a way to uh, haunt Lycoris. Lycoris, this uh, death flower that I'm learning the name of for the first time this year. And not just uh, the, the spider lilies, the Japanese spider lilies. That one just keeps coming up. Uh, we've got the uh, vampire sex stuff. Uh, that like, like, it's real genuine how... Um, uh, and romantic how Lev is, is, is like, I want her to bite my neck. How, how do I broach this su subject naturally? Uh, before uh, getting cock-blocked by a bus uh, to steal Megan's words there. Yep. <laughs> Fuck you, show. <laughs> uh, that's real fun. And, you know, the, the vampire stuff being uh, kind of taboo and forbidden as it naturally is. Uh, because uh, you're not only got taught abstinence only. Like, you can do it once when you're uh, on this goat and then never again. Uh, just all this stuff there. Like, yeah, th this team, and I think this animation studio is like, uh, this is their first, like, main thing that they got to do. Uh, I think it's actually their second behind uh, We Never Learn. And they haven't yeah. done anything since. Yeah, it was either that or the... Uh, a director that only done, had done this before, uh, but had otherwise been like an uh, industry veteran. Like I found one of his uh, Japan Anime Expo entries. So like, yeah, like ambitious, but limited scope, small team uh, that uh, hopefully get to do like more in the future because this shows a lot of promise in what they're able to do. So I think that's my piece on uh, Irina the Cosmonaut. Alma? Yeah, this is a this is a really good show. It's I think it's really interesting. I think it is it's it is an interesting 
It does a thing where it has a a the setting, do, you know, it's alternate history. There's vampires. I think it kind of provides um, sort of some entry points that make it kind of easy to get into, even though it is mostly a fairly I don't want to say dry, but fairly grounded like drama about like uh, you know interpersonal relationships and how like countries treat their people and so on. Um, and I think this dub is like really well put together and really suits it. Um, if I have one complaint, it's that I think the localized title implies a very different show. Uh, I certainly know going into this that if I'm watching something called Cosmonaut Vampire, I'm expecting something either very Baroque and ridiculous, or a hot slice of 1950s cheese, neither of which this show is. Um, something more like uh, Rocketman, maybe? I, I, uh, the only... The only uh, I mean, yeah, like, so they, I'm choosing something very grandiose and over the top, or something that is along the lines of, like, that, um... Much more grounded? Th- no, like, that Project SOS Blue Earth show, where it's like, oh, this is a 50s pulp novel, but in anime. Oh, man, what I wouldn't give for something like that. Like, like, and I'm sure, I'm sure part of this is that I've been, I've been playing a lot of Metal Gear Solid lately, so, like, there's a very certain style of, like, ah, yes... Weird, weird, weird alt history in mid twentieth century world, and uh, which isn't what this show is going for, and it's not really its fault. But there's a sl- there's a very tiny part of me that's a little disappointed that it's not a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, like the original yeah. title is a bit more light novelty. Uh, yeah, and a little drier. Like, yeah. It's the it's, moon I, Leica and Nosferatu it, is what tra- or, translates to. Yeah, or the moon Leica and the blood sucking princess. Mm-hmm. Right. I am. I'm also thinking of. Um, Robert Highland, I think, wrote a book that's literally about like vampires from space or something like that, like that, that kind of thing. Um, but that's not the show's fault. The show, I think, the show is quite good on its own. That's 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 strictly a personal gripe. That's something I'm holding against it. It's a very good, very well done show. It's a very well done dub. I liked it a lot. I'm not gonna lie that every time, every time someone says Nosferatu, or has said Nosferatu tonight, I've just imagined the fucking episode of SpongeBob. But who's been flicking the lights? Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Um, yeah, I was the. I have. I will not lie that I have been trying to get this episode off the ground for several months. I, feel like I, I like this it, show. I watched it on my own on your recommendation, uh, basically. Yeah, I. I find they have like a really weird coincidence of like, hey, this is a show that like a lot of people seem to be passing over. I think some of you would like it, and then like I come back with letters like, yeah, I really like this show, Megan. Um, I was, I was a big proprietor of the show. I, I love it a lot outside of its ending. Like, the ending is very much a, the worst person you know has made a great point, And that kind of bothers me a little bit. Uh, also be that you never get to see them actually lock lips. That's such fucking bullshit. Um, stupid it, it's, ver- it's very much, it's, it's very much the ending that, that Pearl's story needed to conclude on, even if it's probably not what you actually want. Yeah, and it did set up a lot of... It did actually set up a season two, because there are... I think this only covers the first two light novels out of seven. Mm. Maybe a third one? Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, this is... If if it's a third one, it's the very beginning of the third novel. Because we actually do see, uh, in the finale shot, the characters that will make up the, the third novel. It being the... Uh, the blonde kid that kind of looks like a rejected version of America from Italia, and the the white haired girl. I see. Um, yeah, you know, 
you know, like the, the story's kind of structured in two halves of uh, Erna's space flight and Lev's space flight. Yeah. And um, I do like the ending where it shows, like, everybody on the International Space Station working together, obviously showing where space travel goes from here. Uh, and only here, and not into a guy who, you know, blew up his own rocket on 420 for the lols. And somehow that even wasn't, th- that wasn't even the dumbest thing he did that day. Um, but I really like the dub for this. I really like the show. I think, I don't know if it's the best dub I've seen Chris George put out. Um, but I think it's a really good time and a really good version to watch. Uh, if you'd like to watch Arian of the Vampire Cosmonaut, you can do so on Crunchyroll, and I believe it's on Funimation as well as Funimation, the website, is still not dead. Uh, that's where else are they going to put One Piece's dub? Um, but if you would like to own it, you can purchase it from your fine anime retailers. Uh, and if you'd like to purchase the original light novels, they are available from Seven Seas. I believe they are up to volume four with five coming out soon uh yeah volume five is gonna come out in july volume five comes out on july 4th ironic freedom motherfucker celebrate (laughs) mother russia celebrate america by reading about mother russia um and that is being put out by seven seas seven seas under their airship uh sub license i believe they moved it over to there uh, but if you'd like to follow us, you can follow us at Dubtalk on the Twitters, the Tumblers, the Instagrams, the the YouTubes, the Pod. You can listen to us on Apple Podcast and what's our other one? Podbeans. Yeah. Yep. Pod. Yes. And Podbean. Um, if you like us at what you, we do, you can offer us a one-time donation at the Kofi link below, or if you'd like to support us on the regular every month. You do have a Patreon, and our Patreons that we are going to shout out, my parents, Michelle Travis, uh, Julia W., and Victor Mayborda. And we also have uh, some $10 Patreons, which are Anthony Brown, Carly Lestikow, Jacob Woods, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Gentlemen, would you like to plug yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm Patrick, a.k.a. Roots Justice. You can find me on the Twitter.com, at Roots Justice, where I mainly retweet cute animal pics. Talk general fandom stuff. You should drop by. Have a good time. Um, so my blog is not dead anymore. Um, a couple hey. reviews went up on it. And Yay. more will be coming. So that's a thing. Roots Justice Anime Time blog show. Um, dot WordPress.com. Uh, oh, yeah, hey, um, so every time I'm on one of these things, I try to do a Patrick's cool thing of the day, and hey, look at this, I've got a cool thing that I want to talk about today. Um, today's Patrick's cool thing of the day is the directorial works of one David Lowry, um, for, (laughs) who for some inexplicable reason, Disney keeps giving... Massive amounts of money to go fuck off in the Canadian woods, and he comes back with Kino. Um, his live-action per- remake perhaps of... He, perhaps he, uh... I'm gonna make a smart-ass comment. You actually continue. Um, he actually did a pretty competent remake of Pete's Dragon. Um, his recent remake of Peter Pan, Peter Pan and Wendy, is actually pretty okay. Um, but mainly it's because I watched The Green Knight over the weekend, and holy fucking shit. That, it's just 
the Green Knight is just one of the most scrumptiously shot things I have seen in a very long time. Ain't it grand? It is. Anyway, you had like a... Oh, my, my smartest comment was, do you think he hypnotizes them with his mustache? <laughs> he probably does. Everybody you ever, gets you ever a, a ride. You ever, you, ever, you ever seen a picture of David Lowry? I have IMDB up, bro. Oh, shit, man. He look, he, <laughs> If you're not looking at him, he looks like one of those like boxers from the 20s with a giant mustache, but none of the muscles. It's it's an interesting look. He it's not a bad look, though. it's just an interesting look. No, he looks great, that's the weird thing. I feel like I should be making fun of him, but I don't. I have, I have no desire to. He looks fine. But yeah, um, Patrick's cool thing of the day, the directorial works of David Lowry. Thank you, Patrick. Jackson? Yeah, uh, I'm Jackson uh, on Twitter at NineCloudTiger. Uh, we'll see if we get to stay on Twitter for how long. Uh, I stream for the podcast, and that's really my uh, public-facing uh, stuff that I do. Uh I just finished Fire Emblem uh, Echoes, so I am finally free of that six-month project. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, and just streaming uh, whatever whatever I feel like right now. Uh, hey, if you want to, I uh, if you're on a uh, alt history uh, Soviet Union uh, bend, you could go watch my Red Alert two streams. That uh, they're up on our uh, uh, YouTube VOD channel for for our Twitch streams. That's Dub Talk Gaming. Uh, that's it for me. If you follow me on Twitter, you are going to get uh, VTubers recommended to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and finally? Uh, I'm Amon. You can find me on Twitter at AmonDuelUS, uh, where I tweet about uh, miscellaneous bullshit. Comic books. Movies. Uh, I, and, and music. Uh, but before I talk about that part, I, I, am, I am also attempting to revive my infrequently used blog, which is, uh, you can find it, worldthatscoming.blogspot.com. I might actually post something there. Who knows? It might be up by the time this episode goes up. Who can say? Okay. Uh, so check that out. Mm. <laughs> I need to watch a 20-minute short and write about it, and then I can then I can post some things. It'll be great. Um, but until then, I'll tide you over the dusty old song. Um, now, obviously, there are a lot of songs about space. That's not hard to find. People love writing about space. There are fewer songs about the space program, though. Or at least a specific one that isn't just, like, David Bowie doing the Wichita Lyman thing, but, you know, among the stars. Because <laughs> it turns out being in space kind of sucks. Uh, but there's one I actually know of that I like that's kind of about that. Uh, my dusty old song for you is uh, the song for Michael Collins, Jeffrey, and Me by Jethro Tull, uh, which is both about space and also has a lot of question. Uh, it has a lot about who gets to be remembered for things. For example, who here knows who Michael Collins is? I've heard the name, but I don't recall. Well, you see, if you're going to the moon, you have the little lunar lander thing that goes down to take oh. the guys down to the moon. But if you have that, which is coming out of the shuttle, someone has to stay on the shuttle to make sure that it stays in orbit while the other guys are down on the planet. And while um, oh, he's the guy Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, movie. and Michael Collins, yep, they're they're he's... orbiting the moon and they draw straws to see who gets to be the poor bastard who gets to see stuck on the landing. And Michael Collins oh. drew the short straw. Aww, mm. he's the guy stuck watching from the window. Aww, and that's why no one knows who the fuck he is. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. You were very important, but you got the unsexy job. It happens. That is one of the morals of today's ep- episode. So yeah, I like I like that song quite a bit. Um, also, there's a little bit of uh, is, is going going to space is kind of overrated attitude to it, which I feel like um, 
What's your name? I feel like uh, Lid- Lid- Lidmilla will um, would uh, appreciate. <laughs> uh, so check that out, and then check out the rest of Benefit. It's a good album. Uh, I'm Megan. You can follow me at Queenier2 on Twitter, where I ship posts on the regular, and also, you know, just like talk about Final Fantasy XIV a lot because I like to play Final Fantasy XIV, and uh, I would say I would make jokes about what part of the game I'm in, but they're actually really big spoilers, so I'm not going to. Um, but yeah. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this trip into space, comrades. I hope you all had a good time. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go ahead, go ahead and come back down now. Sure, there's no capitalism up in space, but it's kind of cold and boring. I'm going to go back to my consume... I'm going to go back and consume some video games and anime. At least I have job. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to come down because I think I just saw George Clooney floating by. Oh shit! Oh no, not again! Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's just, let's just go in there. Let's just get down before he notices us, guys. No, so, we're uh, gonna have to take him with us. I, I don't want to leave him up there. Do we have to? Well, all right. Look, if we bring George down, that means we have to put somebody up there to somebody else up there. Who are we putting up there? Mm. I think that Musk guy have, wants to be up there. We'll just put him up there. Yeah, he doesn't have to pay taxes up here. All right, cool. There we go. So uh, we're going to go catch an elongated muskrat, and uh, we'll see you all later. So uh, otaku on, my friends. Otaku on the daba. Rock over Boston, rock on Chicago. <laughs>